1: Well, I think in one sense, Bills fans can really kind of exhale after hearing the news mm-hmm. this week about Josh Allen. And in the other sense, there's still a lot of trepidation. Sal Capaccio, Matt Beauvais, it's always game day in Buffalo. Let's dive right into it, Matt. We've been waiting a long time on, you know, when I say a long time, I mean, two, day, two days, essentially, to hear about Josh Allen. And then you and I, we cover the team every Wednesday. is a media day, essentially. Sean McDermott speaks to the media. And McDermott tells us on Wednesday that Josh is day-to-day, which is great news to hear. But mm-hmm. he does have an injured elbow, and it's very likely he's going to miss at least one start. We don't know exactly where that's going. So I think it is one of those kind of good news, bad news situations, but you could probably look at the big picture and said it could have been a lot worse.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think this is great news for the Bills. Given the, I think a lot of people get to the worst possible outcome much faster than they should. I mean, the day that we found out that the injury was maybe a bit more serious than we thought it was going to be, because let's go through this timeline. He walks off the field on Sunday. We see him injure his arm, his elbow, but then he throws a ball two plays later, 70 yards. And you're like, ah, it can't be that bad. Then he talks about how he was in pain, but it's something he will get through. Then on Monday, we get the update of, oh yeah, we're aware. And then the different reports start coming out and it's like, okay, we won't have any more clarity until Wednesday. Finding out that he's day-to-day, even though that does mean a lot, that's a very broad designation. There have been a lot of players who are day-to-day, but they ultimately end up missing a game, two games, three games. I think the ultimate fear was, okay, this is going to require surgery, or okay, this is going to end his season. That is not what is happening. If he has to miss a week or two, whatever. The the plan, the goal for the season does not change. If he had to miss more than a month, a couple months, miss the rest of the season. Then you're talking about a different goal. You're talking about a different season outlook completely. Couple weeks, tread water. That's why you went out and traded for a backup quarterback in case Keenum. If he's got to play. I think they trust that he can go and get him a win or too. So I, I think that all things considered, this is almost as good of an outcome as they could have hoped for. I want to go back to that point.
1: You just made in a minute. I think it's a good point about why you bring in case Keenum, but Matt, let's just walk through Monday and Tuesday what it was like for us, even, right? Like we're trying to figure out what's going on, just like everybody else. And the Bills are very, very tight-lipped when it comes to injuries anyway. So I knew like we weren't we just weren't going to hear anything. I, I could tell you though, I'll tell you this is actually a funny story. I went to the Sabres game on Tuesday night with my son Max. There were so many people who saw me who said, Hear anything on Josh? What are you hearing on Josh? What's going on? How about Josh? How about Josh? Max said to me at one point, he said, Dad why does everybody ask you what's going on with Josh Allen? And I said, because they all want to know and daddy obviously is a reporter. So maybe daddy has information, but daddy didn't have information on this because we know that this kind of information is tight to the vest; They're not going to leak anything. And I will also say this. I think Sean McDermott is being very honest as much as he's being tight lipped about it. I don't think he really knows much more than what he said, which is day to day, the medical reports. I'm not a doctor. I'm going to let this thing go and play out and see what, um, what what they say. But Monday, Tuesday for me, Matt, I was just getting nauseated with all of the different people and rumors. And um, you know, I heard everything myself from people that I like trust, not not like inside information sources, but I don't know, friends, people I know that have, you know, had had contacts before, telling me, Oh man, I'm here, I'm hearing Tommy John surgery. Or I heard everything from that to oh yeah, that's a little bit of pain oh, yeah. tolerance, right? I mean, like. I heard everything and I just wanted to, and then I wanted to jo- I didn't go on Twitter much because I didn't want to deal with it. I go on Twitter and of course I see all of these range of, you know, Twitter doctors, I guess saying all these things. It was just to me, it, that was one of the worst parts of the last 48 hours.
0: It was fun and difficult and crazy trying to navigate all of it because the same thing with you. I mean, you obviously have a very, very big following on social media. You've been doing your job for a long time, even with me. A lot of people messaging me, a lot of people tweeting me, a lot of people texting me, hey, this is what I've heard, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I've heard. And they're all so different than what the other person has said that it's hard to kind of filter out what's legit, what isn't legit. I had a good feeling that it wasn't something super serious. I don't know if it was a gut feeling. I don't know if it was the way that McDermott answered the question on Monday in the Zoom call where he kind of laughed it off and said, yeah, we we, don't really know. We're taking it day by day. We don't really know. And I was just thinking to myself, you might not know all of the details, but I have a hard time believing that 24 hours after a game, you don't know most of the details or at least have a kind of basic outlook on the situation. Like a lot of these times it happened in Miami too. Josh on that last drive gets banged up They take you right into the MRI room. So you're getting that test almost immediately. I know you got to wait a while to read the results and you got to make sure that a lot of people are looking it over. I think the Bills are being overcautious with this situation, as they should be. They pay this guy an insane amount of money. They trust him, they lean, lean on him more than any other player on the roster. It's better to be safe than sorry. But yeah, legitimately, I mean, like I woke up on Tuesday morning look at my phone immediately trying to figure out who has said something, what's going on. And now you've got all these doctors, a lot of them very reputable on social media, but they're talking about, okay, this is what happens with the UCL. This is how long it misses. This is what happens if it's bad. This is what happens if it's a grade a sprain, a B sprain level one, level two, all these things that I have not had to think about since 2018 when Josh was a rookie and he hurt himself. Now they're starting to come back again, but it was crazy. I'm happy that Wednesday came and we got the day-to-day designation and I'm also happy just quite frankly like I think there's still a team that can win a Super Bowl and yeah. you don't want any team that's in that window to ever deal with an injury that's that significant.
1: Yeah, I think for me the reason why I felt pretty encouraged was if it was a really significant injury that would have been known, right? Like like people know that. If yes. it's like hey we're still oh. testing, we don't know. Right? I mean that thing that comes out. <laughs> where you like, oh, my God, like, yeah, this is really, really bad. And somebody would have reported that. And then
0: I mean, that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was telling people at work, too. I mean, we're sitting here on Tuesday and they're like, have you heard anything? And I'm like, yeah, I've heard a lot of stuff, but nothing that I'd feel comfortable reporting. But I can tell you the fact that I haven't seen an Adam Schefter or an Ian Rappaport or a big time newsbreaker put out there the injury. No news was good news. Because it never happens where you've got a big, severe, significant injury, and it takes two or three days for that news to get out there. That that just doesn't happen. So that's why I was another reason I was kind of confident of like, okay, I'm sure it's significant, but it's not nearly as significant as some people thought it would be. So you said a little while ago, this is why you
1: trade for a Case Keenum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, why you bring in Matt, Ms. Trubisky last year, right? I mean, this yes. team they've built, and Brandon Bean has specifically gone out to make sure. He has a guy for this type of scenario. The reason why you brought in Mitch Trubisky last year, the reason why you brought in Case Keenum this year is if Josh Allen has to miss three, four games, we are not going to let anything derail our season. We need to keep winning and we can't turn to some rookie who's never been there before. We have to turn to somebody who's been there who can keep us afloat. This is why you have Case Keenum on the roster. And for that, I say, Matt, you know, you got to have faith in him. then, right? I mean, the alternative here is you have to also think, you know, Josh's you know, if he could get re-injured, right? What's the chances Mm -hmm. of that happening? And, you know, how, how severe that would be. I think you have to lean on case Keenum here and say, look, this is why we got the guy. And look at the end of the day, if you, if if Josh misses, let's say four games might be a bad case here, but if let's say he misses four games case goes two and two and you don't win the one seed. At least you have Josh Allen healthy for the playoffs. But if Josh comes back too early and he gets hurt, even if you have the one seed, You're nothing if you go to the playoffs
0: without them. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, like I said, too, they gave up an asset to get Case Keenum because they trust him more than they would have with any of the available free agents that were out there or any of the players that they could have drafted. They wanted somebody who was a veteran who has won games in the league. I have felt about the Bills going into every game this year that they should win. That doesn't always mean that they do win, but I felt going in every game, the Bills should win this game. If the Bills go into this game on Sunday with Case Keenum, I don't think they should win the game, but I certainly think they can win the game. And if you're looking at it as kind of a four game stretch or whatever it is, this is the hardest of those four games. And I still think that they can beat this team with case Keenum as their quarterback, not even like, Oh, they've got a puncher's chance. Like they absolutely still can win this game. If the defense shows up and if the offense Just as has a day where they don't make a lot of mistakes. And a lot of people look back to the preseason and case Keenum struggles in that first preseason game, but you got to peel it back because it was case Keenum and a bunch of players who aren't even on the team anymore as his weapons with, you know, Isaiah Hodgins with OJ Howard, with, you know, whoever else was like Jameson Crowder, all those guys that were lined up out there. He was never playing with like the fully first team offense as the quarterback, I am not suggesting that case Keenum is going to go out there and throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns and lead the bills to a 35 to 31 win or anything like that. But I have no reason to think that he can't go out there and put up 21, 24 points. And if the bills have a good defensive day, then that could be a win.
1: You know, else he didn't have in the preseason a game plan (laughs) to get ready and uh, say like, we're going to like, this is what we're going to do against this particular defense and against this particular player. Obviously those things help as well. That's what he'll get. We did speak to him on Wednesday in the locker room. And he basically said, look, I'm not doing anything different than I normally do. I just got more reps, but I prepare the same way every week. And, you know, that's exactly why you have a guy, a veteran like that, who he comes in, he knows his job. He knows he's not the starting quarterback. He knows he's the backup. But Case Keenum, if he gets to start for the Buffalo Bills, it's a storyline in itself because what happened in Minnesota, the Minneapolis Miracle, Stephon Diggs, and we have so many yeah. subplots in this game, so many storylines in this game. Dalvin Cook, James Cook, obviously Harrison Phillips coming back to Buffalo. Leslie Frazier used to be the head coach in Minnesota. So many different kinds of stories. The last time Minnesota came here, Sammy Watkins, end of the game, right? Then you have Josh. Going you were, to- in you yes.
0: were in the picture. You were in the picture. The Sammy yeah, Watkins picture, amazing. you and Jeff right Russo. I remember that
1: right in front of me. And then uh, of course, yeah, Josh's rookie year going to Minneapolis and the bills like 17 point underdogs and winning too. Right? There's so many subplots in this game. And I know that, um, you're going to have a uh, conversation coming up with uh, someone from Minnesota about all that too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, there are so many subplots and it's weird because one of the things we have in our conversation, we talked to, I want to make sure I pronounce his name correctly. So let me okay. get it exactly in front of me. It is Dane Mizutani. Okay. Mizutani. I'm glad he you said his... not me simply for that. Yeah. Really nice guy. He's from Hawaii. Now okay. he lives in Minnesota. So, you know, he was like somehow I decided that Minnesota was the place for me. That's what it says in his Twitter bio. But Good he covers Dane, the wild I'm he glad covers it pronounced the name like you did. <laughs> So he so he covers the Vikings, he covers the wild, and one of the things we were talking about before we recorded the segment was what is the vibe in Minnesota? Like, do people in Minnesota think that they can win this game? Do they think that they should win this game? And he was like, man, it's a measuring stick. And it's weird to hear somebody say that about a team that's seven and one going against a team that's six and two. Because he's like, they played a lot of really close games. They've played a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have won, but they ended up winning. So those could be coin flips. So it's an interesting matchup, but we did want to get that side of things. So coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to have our interview with Dane.